Max Jones, road racing champion and current Ganassi NASCAR pro program manager? Yeah, like director? Managing Boss, director, big deal. Uh, yeah. I'm not a big deal, but. Max the Axe. Max the Axe, I probably, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of guys out there that would laugh at that one, yeah. But If you could describe this dinner with racers in one word, what would it be? <laughs> Reflective. Perfect. And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio Welcome to Dinner with Racers. I'm Ryan Eversley alongside Sean Heckman. That's me. I'm eating coffee cake. Okay. And we are on season two of Dinner with Racers here. We are literally driving to the airport so I can get the hell away from this guy sitting next to me and recording these uh, intros to the shows for you because you deserve it so much with all the money you're paying. Anyways, I'm better. <laughs> Luckily, the work is all worth it because of the royalties we're getting out of this <laughs> So... Along our 12,000-mile odyssey, in our Honda odyssey, on Continental Tire. There you go. You're good at it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> by the way, specifically, Ross Contact Alex 20. Hey, nice plug. Yeah. So we ended up in the NASCAR kind of country of Mooresville, North Carolina, and one of the people I really wanted to talk to, I've got a lot of respect for this guy, is none other than Max Jones. Max himself was a race car driver in the beginning of his career, and now in the former part of his career, uh, I'd say racing life has become more of a management type. He is the current general manager of Chip Ganassi's NASCAR program and formerly worked at Roush Racing, Roush Racing in the same kind of position. So he's been there, he's done that, and he's seen it all. Now, what I had to explain to Sean ahead of time was that Max is a very intimidating persona when you first see him. Literally has the nickname Max the Axe because... He used to have the reputation of firing people left and right. Yeah, if you weren't getting it done, you were out of there. And what really struck me with this interview is that when you first saw him, you actually said, oh, is it that guy? He does look intimidating. And then when he sat down with us, he kind of gave us a little smirk, and he's like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yep. And then he couldn't have been more warm and friendly and, and open, and, and we got to hear a lot of the cool stories from back in the day as well as current day stuff. And here's the thing about Max. He's not known for doing this kind of thing, and that's why it's kind of a coup that we got him. Right. In fact, everyone who knew who he was, when we mentioned we got Max Jones, all of them, including guys like Carl Larson, Ricky Stenhouse, Landon Castle, they all were like, oh, shit, really? Yeah, exactly. Some of the things we talk about. Yeah. Um, we revisit the character of Decal. That's correct. Who uh, saved his life. saved his life. Decal Kelly saved Max Jones' life. Uh, we talk about his driving days with Roush. Yep. We talk about the idea of what a gong show was. We talk about uh, the current situation in NASCAR, his current driver lineups. And we do this all while eating at, uh, I believe the name is Toast. Yeah, Toast in Davidson. Davidson, North Carolina. North Carolina. And uh, I believe I had a bagel on locks and... And I had their breakfast chicken sandwich. Of course you did. All of this courtesy of Honda for letting us have this kick-ass Honda Odyssey, as well as Continental Tire. There you go. Cross contact, LX20. <laughs> All right, press play now. All right. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. Welcome. I have no idea what I'm doing here. 
Oh, perfect. We don't either. Yeah, that'll so We're in good company. Well, that makes four of us. Yeah. Do you know this guy? Do you, know, do you recognize him? I do know him. Yeah. Okay. We're good. I know his dad really well, too. Oh, all right. That Even is. better. We don't have a cardboard cutout Bob yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's we're, next year. We're working our way. Yeah. We're, we're trying to build up our budget. We're just trying to tear the family down one person at a time. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure I don't want a uh, cardboard stand-up of myself. But. Noted. Yeah. <laughs> Neither did he. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's what I'm worried about here today. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. And, and you probably don't know me, but I don't do media. Right. You never see me interviewed. Right. I uh, raced because I wanted to race, not because I wanted to be famous. So. Well, we kind of, we were like, uh, when Sean and I talked about this originally, I was like, if we get Max Jones, like, we, we've done something here because he doesn't do the media stuff. So right. that would be pretty cool. Um, but let's talk about Max Jones, the race car driver, okay. before anything, because I work for P.D. Cunningham at Real Time Racing, okay. and you used to race against P.D. Cunningham yes. in a series I vaguely remember as a child, but I didn't really remember that a well. A child, that makes me feel really <laughs> good. <laughs> you were really young in the video. <laughs> the the, soup, the SCCA truck racing, road racing series that you ran in back in like 87, yes. 88-ish. I yes. think you're the 87 champion? Yes, okay. 87. And you're racing against the Archer Brothers and Petey Cunningham and yep. then a bunch of guys I never heard of who are also really good. Like, like Pete Halsmer. I know Pete Halsmer. Yeah. yeah, he's a longtime Honda guy. But like a guy like Bud Kading maybe? Or, Bud or? Kading. There's a guy named uh, – um, oh, God, there's a bunch of them. It was uh, Ray Kong. Yeah, exactly. Um, Let's think who you know, and and Jeff Krosnoff got my ride after in '88. He oh, wow. drove that truck after I did. Right. Uh, both California guys. Uh, yeah, there was a uh, that was an awesome deal, and and I didn't really want to do it. You know, the year before that, I had won the IMSA Firehawk Championship yeah. with Tommy Kendall, and uh, so Nissan had helped me, and. Uh, you know, I really wanted to be driving real race cars. That was right. my <laughs> ultimate not goal. Pickups. Sure. Not right. pickups. And so I said I would do it for the first race or two. Well, then I, I think I won Sears Point, maybe. Right. No, I didn't. We were and these were like real pickups, right? These weren't like Craftsman truck no, kind of purpose-built things. They were the mini trucks, Datsun, yeah. Yeah. Jeep, Toyota, right. Chevy S10, right. uh, Jeep. I mean, there was... It was a really big field and yeah. really great racing. I look back on that and it's some of the funnest racing I ever had. No doubt. If you go on YouTube and you look up SCCA race trucks, it comes up pretty quickly. It's like the second or third one. And there's a race from Road Atlanta that Bob Varsha, who we've had on, as well as Jack Baldwin, who yes. loves to talk, he, they're the commentators. And you can tell Jack's watching the whole time, like, I want to be out there. Because he's, like, he's like, oh, that was cool. <laughs> you know, that's like his commentary. Um, the draft was like a big deal. Like big you guys had deal. to work together and everything. Teammates were a big thing too. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And then this this blows my mind. But this is like the race that you can find is like 1989. They actually invert the top six. Yes. Oh, nice. Like, okay. And it's like, okay, we're doing that. And so the guy that's on pole. Wait, so like, does, does that mean you would like aim to qualify sixth? Well, well, they wouldn't tell you, apparently. They wouldn't tell you. Oh, so it's just like a lottery. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which I think is crazy because now people are like, that's not, no. That's fixed. You can't, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but they would literally alternate, you know, like, So okay. you qualify in the top six and then you, like, sort of draw your position out of a hat. In this race, it looks like they literally just inverted it. I think that's they awesome. just picked a number that they're going to invert. Like, oh, top okay, four, top, top five. Top six, top eight, top, yeah. you know. Yeah. Right. I, if I remember right, there was 15 or 20 trucks yes, out there. there yes. It was a big field. Yeah. It was uh, nice. And it was fun. I mean, Road Atlanta, I remember <coughs> Pete Holzmer, him and I raced side by side. 
for I mean underneath the bridge down the hill and that was before they've changed it around that was right. back when the dip yeah, and yeah you were in a little pickup truck I mean it was it was great racing yeah. it was a lot of fun yeah it's a if, if you get a chance look it up because everyone's got open face helmets with microphones <laughs> you know and like sunglasses and everything it's, it's a killer <laughs> video um we sat down with Calvin Fish earlier this year or yes. this season I should say he drove and he drove back then and you guys uh, did you win the 12 hours together no um I won with Robbie Gordon. Yeah. In in ninety one. Okay. When the old Roush Mustang. Yes. Yeah. But then uh Calvin and I drove together like at the twenty four hour yeah. and different times, you know. Um I think he might end up winning the twenty four hour with Lynn. I was in the other car with Dorsey. Yeah. Finished yeah, second. Yeah. Seemed like at the twenty four hour I always finished second <laughs> until I started managing and then we won every year. So right. I never won the twenty four hours at driver. Right. Which is kind of a bummer for me, but that was a big goal. And they used to not give out watches for every class. They only right. gave it for the overall winners and now every class gets it. So everybody like Calvin that's won their class back in the day is like yeah, yeah, they're a little bitter about it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, do you still make your way out to the sports car races? I try. It's so with what I'm doing now, it's like uh, every every weekend I'm racing, and so if I get one weekend off, it's it's pretty hard to justify to going to I'm another. Going out there cause I went to Petit Le Mans last year. I went to uh, Coda. Uh, Wait, Petit 2015. Yes. Oh, you chose the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. It, because it rained. It rained the whole no, time, No, I right? went okay. in, in 14. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That was a much better one. Yeah, and, um, you know, I've gone to uh, the Glen. You know, I've gone to a few of them, but it's so hard. You know, I was I was going to go to Lamar, and then I bailed at the last minute oh, this year. Right. I wish I would have, but right. I also, um, I was so busy. I ended sure. up getting sick around that time. Sure. And my mother passed away, so it would have been. I would have got over there. I had to come back. Yeah. So it worked out for the best. Most things do. Right. Um, but uh, I, I might go over this year. That's one race I haven't gone to, and I, I would really be really yeah, cool. Yeah, it'd be sure. really cool. Because there's there's a very specific reason we ask. Is there's a paddock staple? If you want to, we can get into this already. Yeah. Um, there's a guy in the paddock who's oh, like that. who's part of the he the IMSA it. scene. He knows who he is. And um, <laughs> we're told that one decal kelly saved your life he did <laughs> at sebring <laughs> i caught fire the only time i've ever been on fire <laughs> i have not seen him in years but i always oh, go you can't miss when him. i do see him i thank him for saving my life <laughs> all right you can't leave it there when you're a little kid they tell you if you ever catch fire drop roll yeah, or right right I took off running. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been on fire? No. It is hot. <laughs> and, uh, okay, you skip, I think you skipped a couple steps in this story here. We don't, you don't just end up on fire at yeah. Sebring. So how, so how does this happen? So at that time, uh, let me think what year that was. I don't think I had started driving yet. I, I probably was driving like, uh, you know, regional club sure, racing sure. and stuff. But I was sure. fueling Joe Vardy's oh, um, man. Mazda. Wow. Um, RX-7 at the 12-hour. Right. I did, and early in my life, I did anything I could to be at the racetrack. Same. I yeah. hung on the fence, and I, I worked for free. I mean, that's yeah. how I got my career started. Same. Sure. So to go to Sebring, you know, it was awesome. You know, I don't care what I had to do. So I was fueling. Well, we didn't get close enough to the pit wall, so I'm stretching the fuel. Uh, uh, okay. Sure. okay. It should have been two feet over. Yeah. I'm stretching. It's leaking fuel. Yeah. And if you ever remember the Mazdas, the muffler glowed red, yeah, yes. and it shot a flame out the back of right. right. a foot. Right. And that was between my legs. Well, the fuel was dripping down. Uh, boom. Right. I go up. 
I dropped, obviously, and I mean. But you released like full suit and all that at the time. Yeah, you know, okay. that was a funny because I had fueled it three or four times earlier. And that, and it was hot, you know, yeah. like see Sebring. Um, I saw him coming down around the last corner, coming to pit lane. And all I had was a balaclava on, goggles, tennis shoes, an old fire suit. I don't even know if it was mine. It might have right. been, yeah. And um, so I pulled the balaclava, oh, pulled the goggles up, put the balaclava over my nose, put the goggles on. That, that's it, before I'd had my nose hanging out. Right. So fuel it, burn, the whole deal. My shoelaces were melted together. My <laughs> goggles were melted. Wow. I mean, I had like a pretty good sized blister on my arm yeah, you know, sure. from fuel. It probably soaked into the right, suit burn, right. you know. But yeah, he, I took off. So he took you down. He took, tackled me, and they put me out. You know, there's never a fireman when you need one. Right. But, uh, <laughs> they're but in the way. Decal. They're in the way all the time. And, but no, they're. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, wow. Was it? Yeah. Damn. That was a long time ago. Was it Dan Banks? Dan Banks. Story? Yeah, yeah, Danny. Yeah. yeah. So my dad's been around the sport for a long time, and he he was the first one that told me about decal. And then yeah. I ended up working with him years later. He's a fuel guy or whatever. And uh, <laughs> I, I had my dad. We we interviewed him as well, and I had my dad explain the legend of decal because he had been around for so long, and he would like hitchhike. Yep. from track to track and the whole thing and so we brought it up with dan because dan's been around to see what he'd yep. say and he's like yeah and then out of nowhere he's like he saved max jones's life and we're like we have max jones <laughs> he's like you gotta ask him so confirmed. that's an awesome story confirmed. i'd forgotten about that that was cool yeah <laughs> that time i caught on fire that's cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> talk about cool guys danny Binks. yeah yeah, we're yeah. really happy we got him. Yeah. Um, you guys all kind of come from that same background of, like, the Roush days. Tommy Kendall, we sat down with him last year, had a great two-hour, you know, episode of him. Um, talk about the early days of Roush with Tommy Kendall coming up and, like, he's the next big thing, everybody's excited, and then he goes on to be successful. Well, it even starts before then, you know. Before I had gone to Roush, um, um, there was a, a guy named Paul Capina, a sprint car racer, we all hung out. I had a shop in Long Beach, Dotson Alley. It was an independent Dotson repair shop, you know, later on be to become Nissan. We had that for like 20, 23 years. And so we all hung out there, raced, and uh, and Paul was running Vardy's uh, RX-7 back then. And he introduced me to Chuck Kendall, Tommy's dad. And that's how we kind of got to know. I went to Miami, watched Tommy run uh, an RX-7 there. And, uh, and I had done... Um, I was doing the uh, Playboy Series, SCCA Endurance Series. Yeah. Nissan was helping me with some cars through my shop. And, and so we had run f a few Firehawk races that year and won a couple. This is uh, 85, 84, 85. And uh, they were all endurance races. I could get some guys to, you know, pay. Yeah, That's right, how right, right. I was doing it on my own nickel right? and, and borrowing some nickels, too. <laughs> and... Uh, and so I met Tommy, and he was 18, 19 years old, going to UCLA. So he started driving with me, and him and I hit it off really well. Right. And so then in, you know, we decided in 86 to do the Firehawk Series and try to go win the championship. We did that. And then um, 87, he drove for uh, Clayton Cunningham. Right. I drove for George Alderman. I was still living in California, but George out of Delaware, great, great guy. And I just, you know, at the end of that 86 season, I had uh, – huge debt we'd won <laughs> yeah. the um, driver's championship tommy and i together and manufacturer's championship and i'm like i got a wife and two kids and i'm like a business that i'm the collecting yeah, yeah, so yeah, i'm yeah. like i'm not driving a race car anymore i've done it yeah lifelong dream i did everything i gotta 
serious in his life. Adult, sure. And so I said, I won't drive a race car without uh, getting paid. Right. Yeah. Number one greatest decision I ever made. Yeah. Because we've all watched racers emotionally get involved in racing. They let their emotions take over. Right. It's, it's a tough sport. It yeah. really is. And, and so. Um, but I guess sort of the advantage of not even, not having a choice. Like you had to do this. Yeah. I mean, I could have. And I probably would have lost my business and my family right. and all that. That's a bad choice, you right. know. So. Right. Um, I did that, and I started tire testing a lot for a good year and for BFG and Bridgestone. Bridgestone really helped me a lot, you know, in the early years. And so I was doing that. And then in 88, it came along the Beretta um, program with yeah. Chevrolet. Right. And, and I had won, you know, uh, 86. I won a championship. 87, I won the truck championship. So, it, you know, I, I looked like the up-and-comer. I don't know if sure. I was, but <laughs> I, was, I looked like it on paper, maybe. And and, uh, and I drove a lot of races in 87. I think I did 30, 40 races that year. And, and that was the year I said I wasn't going to race on it, so I got paid. So yeah, I, right. I did really well. I paid the right. debt off. I was winning. And George really showcased me in the GTU series in a, a Nissan that hadn't done that well yeah. and, and we ran really well we didn't win any races but we ran really well right and then uh at the banquet that year after um st pete uh jack roush came up to me after the banquet he said you ever consider driving for me i said heck yeah i've been <laughs> yeah. chasing your cars all my life <laughs> right right, so, right. <laughs> um so they had this what they called the gong show back then right. yeah. went to sebring and i just had a blast driving those cars i mean i did not go down there expecting to get the ride there yeah. was 12 or 15 guys and yeah I just like, man, I just going to drive the shit out of those cars. Right. I didn't care. <laughs> we talked a little bit about, about this with Dan and with Calvin, yeah. but like the gong show, because there really isn't something quite like this now. No. Um, so, so what was, tell me about the gong show. Well, it was, um, I think. Um, oh, do you want cream? We had to move everything off the table. Do you want cream or uh, No, sugar? I'm, I'm, I'm fine. You're straight black kind of guy? Straight black. I love it. The gong show, way cool. I, I can't even remember. I, I think there was 12 guys. It was Calvin, yeah. Robbie Buell. Some guy named Robbie Gordon. Robbie Gordon <laughs> was yeah, there. Some kid, yeah. Um, and this was like an annual thing that he did. Yes. Yeah. And, so uh, it was like the top 10 young guys yeah. that were around. And we, and we drove the Trans Am cars for a day or a day and a half. I don't remember right now. Right. And then they took a, a select few that got to drive the turbo um, uh, IMSA car, cool. yeah. four-cylinder, okay. thousand horsepower. I mean, they were unbelievable. At that time, they were Cougars. Yeah. And, um, you know, and the, and the last day, they picked a handful of guys to drive those cars. So I, I think that was like, okay, let's see if these guys could do that. Yeah. And I'll never forget this. I'm in my hotel that night, and Willie T. Ribs calls me. And he says, hey, Jones, I hear you're getting it. You're getting the ride. I'm like, Willie, you're in California. I'm in Sebring, Florida. How in the hell do you know anything? You know, it's like, <laughs> telling you, Jones, just trust me, man. So, you know, I'm like, God, I go to sleep, you know. And I, and I hadn't, I really, and this is honest to God truth, I never really thought I would get the ride. I right. just was driving and having fun. Sure. I, I think that's a something that everybody ought to think about. Just relax and have fun, you know. Yeah. It, it, that's what we're all doing right. here. It's a game. It's fun. And there's so many factors you can't determine. Yeah, your own I mean, so, so, and I had ups and downs, and you guys know that ups and downs in motorsports. So I just had fun. And, uh, and so the thing was all over. They thanked us all. I was ordered by my car, changing out of my suit in my street clothes. I was headed to the airport, and they came over and said, Hey, would you come to Detroit next week? And I said, oh, Yep, I'll yeah, try. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe we'll think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and, I mean, it all happened that fast. We were, like, November. 
you know, I, I came back to Detroit, met Michael Cranifus, you know, it was just like, it just boom, boom, boom. You know, the next thing I know, I'm at Roush's shop and I'm, you know, doing the deal. So it was a great time. Jack Roush was probably next to my father, one of the guys that's helped me the most. You know, I spent 20 years with them driving and managing and won, I don't know how, I don't even keep track of how many championships. We won a bunch with Tommy Imsa and Trans Am. We won truck championship and a bush championship you know i was around with the cup championship it was just like you know um we had so much fun together we're still really really close good friends so you if i recall you were like 38 when you decided to stop driving and switch to the management side yeah that was that was a decision that was kind of made for me uh, copy, <laughs> copy. <laughs> yeah, okay. you don't make, you never make that decision yourself you're right that, well it was we lost a sponsor uh, I'd gone to Daytona, finished second, went to Sebring, won with Robbie Gordon. So my actual last race was the 12 hours of Sebring that I won. So right. if you're going to end it, you're going to end it. <laughs> gonna end it you yeah. win a race, and yeah. a great race. Um, yeah, I mean, we lost the sponsor. Jack promised me, hey, you know, if you'll come help me manage this small program, I'll get you back in the car, you know. And, uh, and I think he still owes me that. I reminded him of that. Call him up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? But uh, uh, there was a guy named Michael Dingman that was um, – he was on the board at Ford Motor Company. He was 60 years old, and uh, he wanted to learn how to race. Okay. And um, so I, I helped him, helped kind of run his team and coached him along for a while. And uh, we became close, close friends. You know, he's, uh, he's 87 now, so we've had an 18-year, you know, relationship. I still see him. I was just in New York a few weeks ago for his wife's birthday. And okay. He's just a great, great guy. He's helped me a tremendous amount. And I probably learned so much about business and sure. and people and managing. It was a he ran a lot of big companies and he, and he just taught me a tremendous amount. And, and uh, so I'm really grateful to him. I mean, I look back at my career and all the people that have helped me, you know, along right. the way. And, and him and Jack or, or, or you know, and, and Chuck Kendall. And there was guys that in that through your whole career, you can look back on that helped you. And, uh, right. yeah. and then we just started the program there. And then the, and that was uh, 92, 93. 94, they just Ford came back, and uh, we were going to do that. Um, well, 93, we did the IMSA program with Tommy and won the championship right. with that flag car. Yeah. You yeah. know, we only won Daytona, but we won, you know, we finished well enough with all the races. And, yeah. and that was a, I look back on that, that was a, probably more rewarding to me uh, than the Trans Am championships that we yeah. won because, you know, it was like IMSA, it was against the Nissan. Right. Yeah, was just the a bunch scope of, of that, that program, yeah. And Genelosi had three, uh, Oldsmobiles. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was a tough deal, and we raced. And Tommy raced his ass off, and Danny yeah. ran that whole program. <clears throat> it's kind of my first into trying to manage a bunch of guys and, yeah. and and figure out how to do it and run a budget. And so when we decided, to, you know, Jack said, "Let's go Ford Racing." I said, "We got to get Tommy Kendall. Yeah. And need to get Danny Binks." And, and a lot of people in the organization, and I think outside, thought I was hiring my friends, sure, which right. I were. There are there are my friends, but I knew those guys dug hard. I knew yeah. what they were racers, yeah. and, and we put that program together. And we went off and won four championships yeah, together right. in well, five years. Dominant. You know? I've never understood the whole oh he's just bringing his friends in kind of logic because to me I would expect that. And, you know, like you're gonna bring the guys that you know you want to work win with people you like good and that click yeah. like yes. there's a, there's chemistry yeah. that's necessary. It's all about yeah. people. Right. This whole sport, you know, it's it's fast cars, and you got to have horsepower, and you got to have downforce, and, you know, you got to have great tires right, and all that. Right. But it's still, at the end of the day, I'm racing you. you got right. the same thing as me. Right. If you don't have the same thing, we're open. it's an open 
uh, series. Right. We need to get the smartest people around you to, yeah. to figure yeah. out better mousetrap than they yeah. got. So exactly. it's always about the people. Yeah. You know, I was going to say with like your current situation, you run a Sprint Cup team that has two cars yes. and you're up against organizations that have four cars and satellite teams and things like that. And, and you guys are in a partnership with Hendrick or, or some. The only thing that we get our engines yeah. and transmissions and gears right. from them. That's it. So yeah. I if you didn't have those two team, your two cars working together, it'd be way harder way uphill harder. battle to go against a team with four cars that is working together. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You're just gathering more data and more information right. and drivers are talking and you just, there's some economies of scale obviously too, sure. but it's um uh, it's i think we're a two-car team we're pretty nimble compared to a four-car team yeah sure. we can react to things and, and do things uh, but yeah we have to work together there's no doubt the drivers have you know and both of our drivers get along really well and, yeah. and the crew chiefs do too and, and it, it's really working pretty well right yeah, now. Sure. It's been a great year so you're kind of that classic story that does not exist anymore or not as much like so you started in southern california uh, where 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 at by the way? In Long Beach. Okay, all right. Yeah. And and during the good times of Long Beach. Yes, <laughs> I went I went to the Formula Five Thousand race. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the Formula One race. It was, it Have you been to that area today? Because it's a pretty different area. I went. Yes. Um, let me think here. Two years ago, okay. I went to the Long Beach Grand Prix with okay. Chip and and. Um, and you hadn't been there. In I hadn't been there in quite a while. A while. Yeah. But you know, I, I grew it's weird up. the movie there. theaters show real movies now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when that uh, ocean. It was bad. I yeah. my, uh, my Dotson Alley was just 17 blocks up from the racetrack. Right, you know? right. Not a great neighborhood. Right, but, right. But uh, um, when I first started the business, it was, it was the price was right on buying the building, so yeah. it right. worked out to be a great investment <laughs> over the years in Southern California. But you like you didn't you didn't have the means to right? You started your own shop, I assume, to to pay for your way to go racing. That's a that's a whole story if you want to get into that. Yes. Of course, yes, yes we so, do. So when I was in high school, I mean, when I was I don't know. I always think about this, but when I was probably five years old. I wanted to be a race car driver. That's sure. all. My parents bought me a tricycle when I was like really young, and I took it apart instead of rode it. Right? <laughs> That's just me. And then I was, was there any family influence in motorsports? Nope. Nope. They still think I should probably get a real job. <laughs> <laughs> so when are you gonna go back to law school, Max? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah. That was. A, that's another thing. I, I didn't make it through school very well, and uh, but in school. There was a thing called the Plymouth Troubleshooting Contest. I don't know if you guys ever heard no, of it. Not a it clue. It's a. Uh, it was sponsored by Chrysler, and they would uh, they would bug these cars. They would take a light bulb out, take a float out of the carburetor. You guys know what a carburetor yes, is. Yes, sir. And, yeah. and uh, <laughs> you know maybe the points weren't working. I know you don't know what points are, but you know they would bug the car, and there would be 13 or 14 bugs in the car. And the team it was a two-man team, high school team, the team that could fix the car the fastest correctly would win. So they're and deliberately screwing these things yeah, up. Now go cool. fix it. A guy's, yeah. a guy's got a box with parts in it. Now you could go up there and ask him for a float. He might give you a bad float. No. Yeah. So you <laughs> That's really, awesome. You really had to, and, and we practiced this and studied it, and there was a right. written test too. It sounds like they were just a bunch of assholes. <laughs> <really. Yeah. laughs> it was, a, it was a, a cool deal, and I've always yeah. wanted to do something like it, and I think Ford's got something going uh, kind of similar now, but... Um, so I won the state of California, and you go to the Nationals. Oh, wow. And I ended up winning the Nationals. No kidding. Like yeah. your team? Yes. Okay. It was actually uh, my cousin. Him okay. and I were just total car nuts. Yeah. We right. lived in the same neighborhood. We went to the same. And it was sponsored by the auto shop class. And yeah, yeah, That's the only class that's I got A's in. Sure. Right. And so um, so I did that, and I and I got – I'll tell you, I got more press from that event sure. at, at 18 years old than I did ever win in any 
races or anything. Really? It was a really? big, big deal. And I got a letter from uh, Dotson at the time saying, would you like to come to work here? That's wow. so cool. Wow. And it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I guess if you're a national champion at repairing a car. Right. At like That's not a thing now. No, you I know. know. What I mean? And that's it's kind of so time cool. We went to Washington, D.C. We were supposed to meet Nixon. He didn't show, obviously. <laughs> but, right. you know, we had lunch with <laughs> Secretary of Labor. And it was a big deal for a young kid, you know. Yeah, and for sure. And, uh, yeah. I think yeah. I had to buy a sports coat and a tie, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Southern California, that didn't exist. Right. And so I went to work at Dotson at the time. And... Uh, and it was a small company. I mean, Mr. Kadiyama had come over here and was selling, you know, 510s and Datsun trucks, and they had the 240Z, and, and I worked in the, and there was 400 employees right. in the whole company. And yeah. your parents were giving you shit <laughs> and you didn't have a real job. Because, like, to me, it's like, if you win a national championship and Datsun comes calling at 18, like, you're fine. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're going to make it. So the, the scholarship, little they gave yeah. me a bond. Plymouth did, you know. I yeah. bought a house with that. I don't think people know college. what bonds are anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. We don't, no. Those don't exist. <laughs> yeah. So I cashed that in, bought a house okay. in Southern California, which was a good investment. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, at 18 and, and went to work at Dotson. And, and I just worked my way up there. And I worked there about six years. And I ended up doing a lot of different jobs. I was in the emissions lab. I went to Japan for a month and was studying fuel injection. And catalytic converters were coming out then. And... Um, and I realized, and I started troubleshooting. They would send me the 240Zs with the SU carburetors. Nobody knew how to work on those, and it was all foreign, you know, foreign cars. And and so I started traveling around like a troubleshooter, a dealership in Denver that couldn't fix a car. And I did that, and I recognized the fact that the dealers weren't like taking care of servicing people. So that's how I started Dotson Alley. I left. Everybody thought it was crazy then. You know, I had a really good job getting paid well. I had a yeah. company car. You know, I was like, how old were you? you got to be pretty young still. 20. Yeah, I was 24. Yeah, Jeez. you're 24 getting flown around the country to fix cars for yeah. people because yeah. you're the only one that's out there. That was really right. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't pat myself on the back. But I was a damn good mechanic yeah. back then, yeah. you know, like like Danny you, is. You today probably just got Dan. so invested in it that yes. you could not think about it. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I mean, I knew I could. Was it that, like, that, that, that old tale of you could listen to an engine and, like, yes. okay, no, I know which He's cylinder it is. Dotson Whisperer. Yeah. 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 yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I started Dotson Alley, and it was yeah. just a, a, a small repair shop, and it, it really turned into a great business, you yeah. know. And uh, uh, my brother ended up coming in and working with me on running it, and, uh, and, I, I got, and that's how I got started in racing, really. Yeah. I was, when I was with Dotson, they had a little uh, uh, competition department with, with uh, Tom O'Connor and, and Frank Hansowitz. Do you know yes, Frank? Yes, I know yeah. Frank Hansowitz. Great yeah. guy. He helped me a tremendous amount. I was hanging around those guys and dyno and engines at night and then going out to Riverside and Willow Springs and, and, and then John Morton was driving yeah. the, the Trans Am BRE, you know, and Brad Fazell was at a shop in El Segundo building a, a 280Z and, right. and, and Electromotive was there. So I just hung around all that stuff. And, right. uh, and I got, you know, hanging out at the racetrack, there was a guy that had a 510. I was helping him work on it. He asked me, it was like a test day out at Riverside, solo one where you were out the track very tough. So yeah. I put his helmet on, his suit, <laughs> his shoes, you know, his gloves, right. went out there. And I went faster than he had been going. Right. You know, he'd been driving for a bunch of years, club racing. So he said, maybe we're doing this wrong. Maybe you should drive. I should work on the car. So <laughs> that's how it all just started. And then Frank got me a, a showroom stock car and just kind of started. That's how we all started racing out in Southern California. So like Frank and, and uh, it, it was a great time. I was so lucky. Timing. Right. Being in the right Location. place at the right yeah. time, you know. But you know the troubleshooting contest, it, you know, like it was that jump start that 
that that that was my law school or that was my uh, getting my masters or right. you know that was you I know doing that 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 jump started me to for a career you know and and then the the mechanicing and the automotive turned into right. racing and I think the racing was always in the back of my mind the yeah, whole time absolutely. Yeah. and and obviously kind of clearly steered kind of the ship as you went but but the struggles of actually running the business uh, how did that kind of shape you to where you're at now well I, I think it, it, it you know I I think if, if you had to say I think I'm a racer but I think I'm a pretty good businessman you know I mean I've I've managed teams now for 25 years yeah. and, and my own teams and and recognize the fact when when you can make it and you can't make it um, right. I mean, today I'm managing a pretty large organization. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get into that. <laughs> but, you know, and We've so yeah. I think, but I've had people teach me. You know, Jack taught me a lot. Uh, uh, Chips taught me a lot. You yeah. know, I mean, um, you know, it's been a great career. I couldn't, I wouldn't change anything. I mean, you know, there's, I don't have any regrets or, you know, sure. I, I've been really, really fortunate. It's kind of a common theme we hear with a lot of guys kind of that have, made it for lack of a better expression is they try to live without regrets even through the failures oh yeah i mean yeah you have the, you have the ups and downs and, right. and some days you want to know what the heck am i doing but uh, i also look back and, and i don't know that i would have been able to go through a 40-year career yeah. in a in a cubicle somewhere either you yeah. know it, yeah. it was uh it's what i've always wanted to do right. you know it, part of it me now at, at my age and i think i don't seem like i'm racing you know i'm more of a running a business right, right, organization right, right. you know i don't drive i don't yeah. do the pit stops i don't yeah. call the race I, I mean you know i'm not doing much you know but uh, <laughs> I, mm. <laughs> from a racing aspect you kind of made all the hires for the people that are doing that so i, I would say you have a well that that goes back to getting all the right people together yeah. you know and yeah. identifying those people and, and um and and and, the, and those people have to have liked minded yeah. goals and yeah. right, you know right. and egos yeah, you know you gotta you gotta manage those and and work sports, together. You know, yeah. I think there's a lot of parallels with baseball or football. You know, sure. when it comes to sports, you sure. know, managing a team and a group of guys and all the dynamics of it. Yeah, sure. That's, it's tough. So who in the paddock would you punch in the face? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's a joke. He's yeah, like, well, I, from I the media side, it would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well, I can name one guy now. <laughs> yeah, I've tried to get along with everybody. I mean, there's a, you know, in my early days of going from race car driver to a manager i think yeah. it was pretty hard on I would people say that had to be a rough couple of years yeah just it was like it. i i push people probably beyond what they should have been pushed sometimes and right you know you have a nickname right i have a couple oh okay what what are the nicknames that you know of? well you give me you give me the one that you know maxi x <laughs> maxi x that yeah. is probably the, the yeah. most famous one and that yeah. was those early uh early years where you know i was i was really hard on people so that comes from roush uh yeah probably probably roush you know i mean you know when you when you have a big organization and you have a lot of people you're trying to make guys fit you know right. and, and everything and if some guy is a black sheep in the herd you, you, and it's causing a lot of commotion you right. probably need to either remove him or put him in a different role and things well i don't think people understand that that you know if it's a especially like in a sports car program if it's a if it's a group of guys it's 12 guys 10 guys are traveling everywhere Somebody can be a good mechanic, but if they're a toxic person, it yes. only takes one guy, and it screws up the whole yeah. deal. Try 38 weekends. Yeah. Every three days, you get on an airplane and go to another racetrack, yeah. and you're rooming together, you're working exactly. together. Then you come back, and you're in the shop working together. I mean, you see more of your guys than you do, um, you know, um, your family. So it's it's you've got to get people that are, you know, 
what I call racers or passionate, want you know, like-minded, want to go win, um, work together and, and get along. I think the, you know, I think the mellower Max the the is trying to take that guy aside and, and trying to make it fit. <clears throat> Before I I didn't have the patience, <coughs> excuse me, to and it was like remove and and replace, you know, and find. Now I'm trying to make it work, you know, and move people around. Maybe. So now it's Max the relaxed. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Relaxed <laughs> Max. Mellowed yeah. Max. You know, part of it is is it's it's a realization that I'm, I can't run as hard. I don't have as much gear as I used to have, you <laughs> know, and I just can't run that hard. So I'm trying to raise other people that can do right. what I used to do. And uh, it's, it, it's frustrating to me because I look at these some of these great kids that are on the team. I call them kids. They're 30-year-old, but <laughs> they're uh, – they're just like awesome. The young Danny Binks is, right, I mean, right. God, they're just unbelievable. I, I got four or five of them on the race team right now. They're just like going to be champions in the in the in their business in, the, in their uh, craft. And um, you know, I just can't. It frustrates me. I see them. I used to be that way. I, I just can't run that hard. You know, I, I have to. I've learned. I've had to pace myself. You know, last year I run myself down really bad. Got sick. Got pneumonia. I was on my back for a month. I mean, it's taken me like. I'm still not 100%. I'm not, you know. A year ago, I was hiking in the back with, in Yosemite with, you know, 40-pound pack. I mean, I, I'm lucky I can get up and down the stairs right now. So it's going to take a while to get back, but, you know, that's just old age. You know? And I think that's part of the challenge is forcing yourself to say, like, okay, i got to cut off. This is, yes. I don't care what's got to get done. And it's it's hard because this thing is, right now, yeah. is, you know, 38 weekends, you're going, yeah. you're going. And the rate of development is insane. Yes. And yeah. 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 Is there is there, like, a don't look? Max Jones in the eye, like make sure he's got his coffee right at seven oh one or don't touch his shoulder. <laughs> right. No, right. I don't I don't know that I, I got any of those. I mean you'd have to ask everybody else, but uh I, I, I it's it's weird because I'm Max the axe, that's a pretty common thing. Yeah. But uh I think that most people guys I mean I've fired guys and I've hired them back mm -hmm. and yeah. I think there's guys out there that I've fired and and, and a couple of them told me, you know, you were hard on me, but you were fair. And I always knew where I stood with you. And I, that's, uh, I guess yeah. I just try to be fair with every, everybody. Yeah. It's not, it has nothing to do with whether I like you or not. Right. That, uh, we're here to do a, a job, you, you job know. Yeah. I mean, I might not want to go out and have a beer with you, but, man, if you can dig hard, that's what we're going to do, you know. And, right. And so, um, I mean, some of the guys that I've had to let go over the years, I mean, they're, and they've advanced up and they're, car chiefs and crew chiefs and, and you know and stuff and we're still good friends i mean yeah. friends i mean we say hi to each other and cordial and but um i think that's just a sport i would look at it like baseball you know if you had a team and and you get a better shortstop than the shortstop you got and you've been trying to help your shortstop but he's not hitting hitting the ball and you got to make yeah, you a replacement you gotta you gotta because yeah. 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 it's it, you're letting the other guys on the team that are digging yeah uh down if you don't you know who's who's in the nascar paddock now that was part of your deal that isn't, that you kind of look at them and go, damn, I wish I knew. You know, a crew chief or a yeah, there's, car chief. There's a, there's a lot of kids. I mean, because yeah. I've, I've been in big organizations. I mean, we at one time when I was at Roush, we had 14 teams. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of guys. There's not very many people in the paddock that, you know, you haven't been associated with or at one time or another if you've been in. But, I mean, there's a lot of guys that have gone on, you know. And it's not that they were bad guys on our deal or anything. It just didn't fit in yeah, that. Right. You know, and, and, and they might not fit now, or they might, you know. And, right. and it's just uh, trying to get all that right, you know. Yeah. You know, so when I look at the, you know, with the, the year 93, 94, 5, 6, 7 with Tommy and that, 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 we had everybody. It was, it just gelled, you know. Right. And then uh, 
the majority of those guys went over to Pratt and Miller, and they're over there. Most of them are still there now. Yeah, yeah. right. And you know, look what they've done there with with Feehan and those Corvettes. Yeah. Right. You know, Caddies. Doug Louse was on that team with us, and right. I mean, it, it's a great bunch of guys. You know. Yeah, absolutely. This is stuff you can find on the internet, but but let's go through some facts and figures of just NASCAR versus kind of the road racing world that we're primarily in, and a lot of our presumably a lot of our audience is in. So, you know, the sports car programs we work with, your your one car team is usually between twelve to sixteen people. You know, maybe double that if it's a two car team. Yeah, a little different scope from say the the uh, Chip Ganassi, Felix Sabatis NASCAR organization. Yeah. So, how many employees? Um, in the building here in, in uh, Concord, there's 250. For a two-car team? Well, it's 250 for two cup teams. We have two Xfinity teams, and we have a uh, two rallycross Oh, so that's also that the rallycross yeah. program. That's so awesome. the rallycross program's in, okay. our, in our... It's okay. actually in the building next door. Now, do you guys build up those rallycross cars, or are those uh, fairly... We, we bought those from M-Sport over in Europe, and okay. just ran them. And you just kind of run them yeah. as is. But outside of the engines and transmissions, the, the stock cars you're running are built within that Everything, organization. Everything's built in-house. Chassis, right. bodies. We, we have a machine right. shop, machine everything, right. assemble everything. So when we're talking to 250-person staff, it's it's not mechanics. It's designers. It's fabricators. It's, yes. it's guys putting out body work. Yeah, body work. There's, you know, and we have the business side of the, uh, for all of the Ganassi organizations in Concord, too. So we've got PR, marketing, sales. You know, right. you got travel personnel and HR and IT and, and those. But it's, uh, you know, to give you a, a rough idea, like on the weekends, two-car team going to cup race, we fly 50 guys. Yeah. And then there's another 14 or so that come on Sunday only that pit yeah, stops. Yeah, over the wall guys, right. You know, and sponsorship service and things like that. So sure. there's like 65, 64 people that come each weekend for a two-cup two team. That's Incredible if you think right. about a top flight like Magnus Racing, who Sean works with, they're a really good GTD team. Yep. Um, that you guys have like 14 people. Yeah, if you and exclude me, it's about 14. Yeah, yeah 14 so. people for a one car. So you know, yeah. 28 if you had two. That's still way less, and you wouldn't have 28 for a two car. No, GTD no, there'd be some, there'd be some cool. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But so part of that is, is with the NASCAR program. The, the 38 weekends, you know, getting cars yeah. ready and everything. Well, that's the thing. It's like you've got however many, a dozen cars or whatever right. it is. And so I assume a big part of the logistical side of it is here's the car that's racing today, but that car is not going to the next right. track. You're pre, you're getting that car set up to go. And with, with the schedule, you got the mechanics that are working on the car all weekend, right. and then you got guys pitting. With with road racing, the guys that are mechanic <laughs> in the car, they're going to jump over the wall and change the tires. Yeah, too. So, exactly. You know, um, yeah, it, it's just, you know, the engineer that's engineering it all week is also the engineer on the box. Yes, yeah. correct. Calling the race. Correct. You know? so exactly. Yeah, so that's, yeah. The road racing thing to me is like the coolest deal going. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, when I was in it in the camel days and everything, it was just like really cool. 935s, yeah. 962s, yeah, yeah, you absolutely. know, marches. I mean, you know, Jack's cars and, you know, uh, the Camaros and the Berettas. It was just awesome, you know. And it kind of just felt like it went away a little bit, and yeah. and and now it's back. And I look at it uh, with globally, worldwide, it's really cool. Yeah, There's right. a ton of manufacturers in it. The right. races are, are really exciting and short yeah. enough that you know uh, keep keep the fan attention. I think some of the cars look like people's 
it would drive on the yes. street. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I just think road, I, I tell people if I was 20 or 30 years younger, I'd be I'd be over road racing. Yeah. I really do. Nice. And it's 15 weekends or yeah, yeah. exactly not 38. Yeah. <laughs> you might be able to have a see your family once in a while. Yeah, 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 yeah that, that exactly. cup schedule is really it's brutal. One of the things that uh, piqued my interest about stock car racing. Like, you guys don't take your pit box back. It goes to yeah. the end of pit road. They load them all into a, a generic shipping company trailer, yep. and it goes to the next event or to storage or whatever. All your wheels go back, yep. and they get stored and everything because it is like a traveling circus. Yes, it is. Uh, we talked to Landon last night, and I, I had him point out that they, you guys charter planes. Yes. So all the teams fly together. You don't go to the airport. You don't go to Charlotte, get on a United or Delta flight or whatever. You, you, that It's that big of a sport that it requires those logistics your own built internally. Yes. That is so cool to me because – one of my big pushes in, in, in with this podcast is I want the road racing fans, despite Landon's best efforts, who referred to us as sporty, sporty cars. Sporty cars. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 he, and he also was like, you guys have all the money, which we couldn't have laughed harder at. Yeah. Um, is that for, quote, rednecks, it's yeah. very technologically advanced and yes. very – very well you're the only ones making your own cars you guys are literally manufacturing facilities yes. as landon and justin pointed out yeah which in f1 they call you a works team you know yes. you know what i mean they say you're the factory williams factory they're building cars well it's the same thing here in mooresville for a lot of these teams you know for me you know my career you know i started out road racing and you know and kind of was on a works team if you want to call the chevy thing yeah you know with the berettas and cars and concepts and and uh with jack's ford program and um uh, and then you know I went indie car racing where where you get a car in a box and uh, and and you race it and then I you know I came back to this and um, you know it's like I've kind of done all those and I think when I left NASCAR and went indie car racing engineering and and data and things like that was just coming into the sport and uh, and and now I mean it's everything you know and and I think me going off and and learning you know we had data and we had that kind of technology and sports cars back then and then to go off and do it in in indie cars and then come back i i think i i probably you know it's like if you always work at one place it yeah you're never gonna get the outside influence i yeah. went off and did the indie car thing for yeah. a few years and yeah. you know i learned a lot that those two and a half years i was over there yeah absolutely so we do a pass along question on the show yep. so landon's pass along question for you was how long are you going to do this for that is a big question yeah. and everybody's asking me that and uh I think uh, I've kind of come to the determination that that's something that I have to, you know, decide myself. And, uh, you know, I'm really, really fortunate. I have a great wife that I've been married to for 43 years, and she's put up with this nonsense, <laughs> and she's supported me. Is she a fan of the sport? Yeah, she does. She, she watches it, you know, but she was really supportive. I mean, uh, you know, I wasn't racing when she met me, right. and uh, we were high school, you know. Oh, wow. Grew up in high school yeah. together and got married, and... And we started having kids, and then I—that's when I started racing, you know. And <laughs> and so it's crazy. And and I feel like that I've missed out on my, a lot of my kids' stuff. And and there's things I want to do. So I I have a, I'm not necessarily going to retire. I just there's some other things I want to do. But I've also, you know, when I went, I was retired for a while, and I came back and and um, and came to work for Chip. And I told him I would help him for two years. I'm, I'm going on. I'm I'm going to finish up my fifth year here. And so I, I've got to put a stake in the ground and decide. But I also like building things. And, right. And I feel like that we've uh, got an organization right now that's really, really starting to gel. You know, we made both cars in the chase, probably want the best year that 
Chip's had in NASCAR, and that's not me, that's all the guys, you know, and, and if I felt like it was really ready to take off and fly by itself, I would, I would probably, um, uh, but, I, you know, I had a rude awakening there getting sick this year, and, and how fast, you know, and I lost my mother this year, and I mean, there's, I lost a couple of really close friends, and so you, you start to realize, that, what are you doing here, you know, and, and I've accomplished everything that I've ever wanted to accomplish. There's only one thing I never got to do, and I always wanted to drive the Indy 500, and that was like, Please that make it happen. <laughs> you know, yeah. I you know a guy with cars. Yeah. I do, yeah. but I really, that was the race, you know, that I, you know, my dad used to take me to the closed circuit TVs uh, in L.A. Yeah. and watch the Indy 500, you know, at the theater, you yeah. know, and man, I just, I always wanted to race there, but I, I, uh, I still think that's a, one of the best races in the world, you know, so. But um, I don't really have an answer to that. Uh, I'm getting close to figuring that out, but I don't have that yet. Fair enough. So tomorrow we are going to have lunch with david hobbs oh god yeah we're pretty excited about that oh man the greatest yeah the greatest if you could ask david hobbs any one question what would it be oh, doesn't man. have to be raising what a great guy that's not a question i know <laughs> i'm trying to think i mean i you know it's, i remember one night at seepkins with david hobbs oh yeah All right. here we this go is always that's a good yeah, yeah. story i think a lot of people have that story one night in seepkins yeah. is always gonna end yeah. i didn't um, meet him at seepkins but i met him like two blocks down at the paddock club Okay. Yeah, which is a restaurant just down, like literally just down the street. See, I don't yeah. think I've been up there since uh, like 90. Oh, you got to go. I know. Car? Everybody tells me like yeah. 95, it's 96. It's I like mean, the place is getting better. Is you know, it like really? the, it's, it's almost like one of the, because as you know, like with, because you've been going to these tracks for so long, a lot of the towns are getting smaller or like going away or the tracks are going away. It's like Road America, Elkhart Lake is like it's embracing. Yeah. It's like it's embracing its tradition and history. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like more racers are moving there, getting their like lake house on Elkhart Lake. So yeah. it's like they're really, the town's behind the event for any weekend. Yeah. It's so cool. I love that. That is a there. great, I mean, coming from California where Riverside and, and uh, Willow Springs right. and places, they didn't have a blade of grass. You know? sure, and then yeah. you go to Road America, Watkins, <laughs> Flint, Middle yeah, Ohio, absolutely. you're like, holy, I just. They yeah. actually have food there. Food, and <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> David Hobbs question, man, you guys are making it tough on me. I knew this was going to be a, a difficult morning. <laughs> <laughs> David Hobbs, just a great Please, don't, hitting please don't go into the office and fire someone because, no, of, no, no, because no. of us. <laughs> he, uh, we think Ed Carpenter's going to. <laughs> I uh, I saw uh, David last year, uh, Tommy's induction into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and uh, he was the MC there, and he called me out. You know, I don't know what it was. It was kind of funny, and everybody's like looking at me. But he, it was something about maybe Seepkins or something. But um, I don't know. We just he was one of those guys that I always wanted to hang out more with. But um, yeah, that's the, the thing. He he kind of hung up the racing. And, you know, what helped him make his decision? You know to. To, um, to step out. To step out. And, you know, because I'm not going to just go sit on a, a rocking chair in a porch someplace. I have some other things going on in the world. That, you right. know, I, you, a guy like myself or David, you always got to be busy. I think racers, Absolutely. you know, you just can't park yourself. Right. You got to keep doing stuff. And, uh, but, um, you know, the I saw a thing the other day that the racing thing is really a really hard grind, yeah. you know. And uh, at some point you got to, you know, maybe throttle back just yeah. a yeah. little bit. Yeah. You know, but, um Cool. Yeah. That's a good enough. That's yeah. a good question. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you want to do if you if you slow down? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm doing some real estate development stuff. And, you know, I have a home in Phoenix that I want to live out there. Oh, really? You know, okay. I, I love hiking and skiing and, sure. 
and mountain biking and doing all that stuff. And the sport had really not afforded me to do a lot. I mean, I've done a, you know, I go ski yeah. four days, you know, a year. I want to yeah. ski 25 or 40 <laughs> yeah, days. Yeah, totally. You know? yeah, I, I have get a friend it. that retired this, the same time I did. Right. And um, he uh, he's skiing like 100 days a year. You know? Right. <clears throat> yeah. He lives in Vail. I mean, I retired for a year and a half. I got burned out really bad. And, yeah. and, uh, and I mean, went to nine countries and oh, 16 wow. so states. Right. did a road trip yeah. across the United yeah. States. I skied a bunch that year. You know, I learned how to play polo, you know, cool. down in Argentina. <laughs> That's and cool. I mean, I just did a bunch of cool stuff that you never get to do, you know. And, yeah. and so my bucket list is really pretty big. I love all the guys I work. If it wasn't for the guys, I would have left a long time ago. I think ago. it's one of the undefined things that, like, as you spend, once the novelty of being at the track and the novelty of going to all the tracks goes away, the camaraderie side is the thing that keeps you in it for, I think, too long. You know, I, I don't want to let anybody down, but then, you know, some people that have helped me over the years and saying, you don't owe them anything either. You yeah. know, you've, you've helped them and right. you've got to think about yourself. So yeah. I, I wonder why Landon asked that, but it's a lot of people are wondering that, you know. But I'm that guy that's wide open going all the time or I can't, I can't there's no way to do it halfway. I'd love yeah. to be able to, like, yeah. not go to the races, just work in the office or, yeah. um, you know, take a month off here and there. But you but can't. It, yeah, you yeah. can't, you know. Well, the NASCAR schedule pretty much – their season ends you're already back to the 500 yeah. you know you know there's there's it's a really difficult business most businesses you could end up being a consultant you know and, and make your hours when there's an issue yeah. and a problem you go yeah. in and, and troubleshoot that and fix sure. it and make it sure it's right and then you could go take some time off and, and do some of your you know things that you want to do but this business it's one of these troubleshooting things every day yeah <laughs> you know i haven't been at the office i should have been there two and a half hours ago i guarantee you they're lined up waiting for me you know my phone's been buzzing it's just there's always some things going on you yeah. know even when i spent some time in phoenix i'm i spend half the day on the phone yeah right so you're either in or you're fully detached there is that's, no that's other that's no. the 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 good and the bad of uh, yeah. of motorsports you know are you familiar with Johnny O'Connell? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Any, great guy. Any stories about Johnny we should know? Johnny O'Connell. <laughs> <laughs> I got one for Calvin. If you are, sure. Yeah. yeah, are yeah. You, gonna, you already did Calvin. Or? Yeah, but we, oh. we'll see him again. <laughs> you asked Calvin about one time. I th I think we were in. I think we were in Arizona, and for some reason I thought we were at Bondurant, but I don't. Maybe we were at Bondurant before we raced it. Phoenix with Formula One. I don't remember why we were there, but he got up and he sleepwalked. Oh, he told that what? story. Yeah, yeah. And he, he went told to the front story. and he didn't have no clothes on. Naked. Yeah. Naked. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's true. I remember true. him waking up and <laughs> it's we, true. we were having breakfast the next morning. He goes, you won't believe what. I'm like, what? And I've never forgot that. I'm like, what the hell would you do? <laughs> That's amazing. He told us that story. Yeah. That is amazing I, that I'm that came sure back. I'm pretty sure it was in Phoenix, but I don't remember. I, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny O'Connell, I... I got a Johnny O'Connell story. I was in the uh, BVI sailing, and I'm at, at this place called Foxy's, which is like this bar on the beach, and everybody's drunk. And, and, and I like going to a place like that because there's nobody that knows who you are. Yeah, right. sure, sure. You can let your hair down even though I don't have yeah. any hair. <laughs> and you're not worried that somebody's going to take a picture of it. Or yeah, sure. yeah, yeah and, yeah. and this guy is talking to me, and I hate when people – Ask me what I do. Yeah, you know? yeah I, I get so that. This is my standard line in a place like that. I'm a cat herder. 
and, and they go, <laughs> what are you doing? I heard cat. And, and that usually like, the, okay, this guy's an asshole. You know, so. <laughs> but the guy, and then the people I was with, they said, oh, no, he manages the race team. And this guy's like, you know, my neighbor is Johnny O'Connell. And I'm like, oh, really? So he's a great guy. But Johnny, uh, I remember when he, he was an instructor at Bondurant. Yeah. 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 Was he a second faster than all the uh, other instructors? I don't know about that. I think uh, <laughs> what's the guy, Bill uh, Cooper, would probably want to try to take that. All right. I don't know. He he was pretty good, you know. And he's, he's had a great career, too. Yes, he has. I mean, there's there's guys like that that we all started out in California. In, you know, I was never an instructor. I wasn't that good. But, I mean, it was like we all started out doing this thing, and you end up making a whole career out of it. Yeah. Right. You know? I mean, if you think about it, I was like, you know, wanting to be a race car driver, and the next thing I know, I've ended up having a 40-year career yes. of um, motorsports and a really successful With one. great programs. Yeah. Great exactly. programs. I mean, yeah. I've only worked for a couple of people. I worked for myself. Yeah. I worked for Jack. Right. I worked for Eddie Cheever, and I worked for Ganassi. I mean, that's all I've really ever worked yeah. for. Yeah, right. That's and pretty cool. So um, the reason we ask is because... Uh, Johnny's a well-known race car driver, but for some reason, no one seems to want to tell the story about how he tried to murder Dario Franchitti in Detroit a couple years ago. I did not know this story either. Do I have to wait for the podcast? To, to yes, yeah. you do. Hear this story? <laughs> yes, yeah, you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, you guys have got a fan now. I mean, I'm, this is... Uh, <laughs> This is pretty cool. I've, nice. I've really enjoyed this. This has been fun. I'm sure you got to get going, but you know, you you started your career in the glory days of thousand horsepower GTP cars yeah. and all that sort of thing, and and to where we're at today, where where do you think the sport is today, and where do you see it going? I'm telling you, I've struggled with that too. I mean, because I I feel like I'm this old guy that thinks that cars should be really. I thought I think about why I wanted to get into racing because I mean. I was hanging on the fence, and these guys were daredevils hauling ass, you know, and you're like, holy shit, I can do that, you know, and, and, and the mechanical part of it was intriguing to me, and I feel like now it's like, I don't know, sports car racing still, and indie car racing, you know, but the NASCAR thing, it's like we drive around, you know. Yeah, and, and, and in a I very narrow box of what narrow you Narrow box, what you can do. Uh, everybody, you know, if you're not that good today, you point the guy by. I would never have pointed somebody <laughs> right, by, you right, know. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I might have wrecked before I pointed somebody right. by. You know, so it's just like, I I don't know, but I, I see it. It's entertaining. Yeah. It's, it's entertainment, you know. Um, um, I love to see something like that's why I think the sports car, you know, and the factories and, and where it's going. Like, if you look at, uh, you know, electric cars and hybrids and, you know, Toyota, Audi, those those cars they got out there. Look at the Ford GT, that program. I mean, that that's really cool stuff to me. And I, I, um, but I, I think it, there's still – the thing that worries me a little bit is kids aren't into cars. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that, it's a big source of discussion. That's, uh, you know, to me, growing up in Southern California – I was at the front door waiting for the DMV to open up so I could get my license. Yeah, yeah. right. When I was 15 and a half. Yeah, yeah. So I could ride my motorcycle yeah. because you could ride a motorcycle then. Yeah. Right. You know, and then when you were 16, you could drive a car, you know. Yeah. And I was at the door when I was 16, right, you know. Right, right, right. And I, my dad would buy me cars when I was like 12. We right. started buying cars that were blown up, you know. And I would rebuild the engines and fix yeah, them up. We'd the sell them. Right. Yeah. Does it bug you that you guys are spending, you know, the amount of money on R&D that you are in such a narrow box, in other words, you're pouring hours and hours and hours of labor and design into, you know, a, a 30 second of an inch because that's the only kind of tolerance you're yeah. allowed to play with. Yeah, but you have to because right. everybody's playing that. If right. you don't take that, 
ten thousandths of an inch, right. it's, you're at a disadvantage. Sure. So it's, uh, we've had to refocus how we build cars and right. how we, uh, what's important, right. you know. Would you be more, ex it, having that budget, would you be more excited if the box was a little bit more open and oh, all yeah. of a sudden you yes. could like, let's let's try this aero concept or let's yeah. try this, you know, geometry. I think that the fans would, it would, it would be good rate, you know, the, uh, they've struggled with trying to make better racing. Yeah. And I think that we're all running the exact same car. Yeah. And so it's hard, you know, yeah. where, if the, you know, there was a time when Pontiac had an advantage yeah. You know, then they cut the spoiler off of it next week, and then they didn't have it. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And, and kind of now we're all, you know, there's there, you know, there's always people saying, "Oh, we should just have it like the IROC series, build a bunch of cars, pass them out, and go race them." It's not far from that, but we still got some room. I mean, there's still, um, I think there's still the guys that really race are up at the front, and the guys, you know, I don't care what you do, you know, that's always been kind of in every formula, but uh, it's just different, you know. And for an old guy like me, you want it to be back like really was but for the young guys is what they they're growing up with you know so it's the new norm what do you uh what do you want the legacy of max jones to be when the time comes i don't know it's uh i was i was really blessed you know to get to do what i there's not very many people it's like the kid that has the the glove and hangs out at the park wants to be a baseball player and then yeah. ends up getting to the world series and yeah you know that's i've done it you know yeah, I, totally. I really have you know yeah. i mean to to win as many championships and and you know uh, there's there's things that I I want to do and I never get around to it and you guys have kind of sparked my interest is like all the all the drivers that I've worked with and driven with you know and and uh, you know I mean there's a there's a ton you know you look yeah. at Mark Martin all the Roush guys over the yeah, years yeah. and and uh, you know the IndyCar guys and the sports car guys that I worked with and and then you know all the races and championships I remember my son one time at Charlotte he was here. I think he was out of college or maybe he was home for the weekend. And we were at Charlotte, you know, we, and at Roush we had 14 teams, trucks and six Bush teams. And I remember Carl winning at Charlotte. The other four cars had lost motors that day. And, and, and so I went to Victory Circle, shook Carl's hand and left. And my son was a big deal to go to Victory Circle. You know, hey, I won the race. Yeah, He's totally. all excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I left and went to the garage. He's like, Dad. You don't even enjoy winning anymore. You're, you're yeah. just like, I was like, Dan, there was four engines I that blew up. Shop. Yeah. <laughs> and those engines, whatever's wrong with those, they're already in the in, in the cars for next week. Yeah. Right. I got to figure out, you know, he just, yeah. you know, and then yeah. I realized you don't even enjoy winning. You know, it's like, it was, you know, we'd won a truck race, a, a, a bush race, and a cup race all in the same weekend. Yeah, I totally. mean, we did that a bunch of times. Right. You know, and it's just like, hey, fist bump everybody in the victory circle and back to work. And move it on. Know, so. Yeah. It back in the road race days, you know, and yeah. when I first started out, man, you won a race. That, w that stuck with you for yeah. a long time. Yeah, 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 it was exactly. a big deal, you know. You also yeah. usually had a couple of weeks in between. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So that, that's a big yeah. part of it. So. My wife always asks, why do we leave IndyCar racing? When you know, <laughs> 15 races and, you know, two or three weeks in between. But, um, yeah, I've had a great career. You know, I, I worked for great guys. Yeah. I worked around some great people, still do. You think about it, Ganassi, what he's got going on. You know, yeah. I, I every once in a while I have to think about it. You know, I, I work for a guy, you know, you got Michael, the IndyCar team, yeah. and Dario and Dixon and Tony Kanan and those guys. And then you look at Joey Han and, yeah. and Briscoe and all yeah. those guys on the sports car team, you know, and, and what they've been able to accomplish this year in, in the sports car program. And, yeah. You know, you know, I was fortunate, you know, even though uh, we didn't have the success we wanted to have with Montoya, you know, yeah. and, and uh, 
you know, and Jamie McMurray, and, and now with Larson. I mean, that's that's awesome. How do you think Larson's going to stack among the greats as time goes on? I think he, if uh, if he buckles down and really works hard at it, I think he could be the greatest ever. Yeah. You know, right now it, it, he's got so much talent, but sometimes you got to dig hard. This thing's so competitive. Yeah. You know, you, you look at Jimmy and the guys that are winning all the time. They're out there doing Ironmans and they're focused on what. This is a tough deal. It's so competitive, you know. But he's a, he's an unbelievable racer. You know, he's young. He's uh, he's got a lot of years ahead of him. But you know, we all were young at one point, you know. And I look back on my career and, and say, oh, I could have done this different. You know, you can do that all the time, yeah. you know. So, but no, he's a talent and he's a lot of fun to be around. I could go on for days and days. Yeah. Guys. Well, we'd love to do it, but I, I think you're gonna. Yeah. The, the, the queue at your shop is probably gonna be only yeah, longer. Yeah, we're gonna be the problem. Yeah. We're, we're yeah <laughs> I won't even tell them where I, where I was. So. <laughs> Do you worry the place is going to crumble the second you leave? No, not okay. at all. There's, there's, there's great. It's. I mean, it was going before I got there. I'm not. Right, right. I'm not a linchpin or anything. Sure, you know. Sure. You know. You, you have this. I don't. I look have the impression even if that was true, you would never admit it. What's that? If it was. If it was all like, if you were the linchpin, you'd never sit there and say, "Yeah, no, it's all me." No, it's not. It's not all me. It's. Right. A, it's about. I mean, it's not one person. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not the quarterback. You got the quarterback's got to be have a line that'll block for him. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? He's got to have receivers that can catch the ball, and not drop the ball. Right. You know, and run the patterns. And so it's. It's not. You know. You know. Have I added a lot to the organization? I'd hope to. I'd like to think I have. Right. You know, sure. for every dollar he pays me, I hope I gave him a dollar fifty back. Right. Yeah. I'd right. hope. You know, and I hope that I've taught people within the organization. That's a big deal with me because there were so many people in my career that helped me. Right. Sure. That I'm trying to give back. You yeah, know, and yeah. that's part of the reason I've been sticking around too because there's some young guys that really want to make a career out of this, and and they, you know, they're not just doing it for a job. So right. I don't want to like mentor them along yeah. and. And that's a, a role that I would like to do, you know, that consulting thing I'm talking about. Yeah. I just want to do so – I don't want to get out of racing. I sure. love it. That's the only thing I've ever done in my whole life, work on cars and race cars. That's all I've ever really done. Now I manage people. But right. um, I like to stay in it somehow It's just and help people, right. you know, go, go along, you know. Well, if you want to stay in it and you want to travel more, we've, we, we have a Honda Odyssey that needs a driver. As we as we tour the country for season three, yeah. Can we stop so and ski? And can we stop? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Now we're yeah. talking. I might have. We were in Aspen, which seems like two years ago. It yeah. was actually like a week ago. Yeah, literally with like uh, Janet Guthrie. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we had lunch with her. Uh, we could just stay in Aspen. Yeah. We could make the guests come to us. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. That's, That's fine. Now I could adjust to that. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm in, guys. I'm yeah, in. I, yeah. I I like hiking and skiing. Those are my two favorite things to do. So uh, Aspen Vale. What's How do you feel about 19-hour drives? <laughs> you know, I, I didn't used to – I used to be able to do it. Like, I've, I've done cross-country by myself, cross-country yeah. a lot of times, yeah. you know, with another guy or whatever, pulling a trailer. But anymore – So Fort Lauderdale to Fort Worth within a day <laughs> doesn't seem like your bag? Fort Lauderdale to Fort Worth. That – I could probably pull that one off. That, you <laughs> know, <laughs> coffee. Right. You know, I just, I get antsy. But if I was listening to podcasts now, maybe that would help. The oh, time we never listen to it. Oh, you know? Yeah, we, we try to forget about it as soon as we can. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I struggle. You know, I'm not a very good passenger either. My wife's a great driver, but I'm not a good passenger. Right, so understood. I end up driving, get tired. And yeah. My wife and I, when we were, I was retired there and wasn't, I was done, you know. And, uh we were road tripping across the country and 
I'm like, we've never been to Santa Fe, you know. Yeah, the here exit, we go. Went, yeah. went to Santa Fe. I mean, it was just like so much fun that way, you know. Yeah. I, I've flown over it a million times, but you know, let's, let's go there and check it yeah, out. Yeah. You know, we end up. She called her girlfriend that used to go there all the time. What hotel we want to stay at? What restaurants we want to go? And we had a great time, you know. Nice. Have that kind of flexibility. Yeah. On on this trip, we've had a little, like a tiny little bit more free time than last year. Last year, it was like just get there, you know. <laughs> yeah. and we'd run in late. And, uh, this year we've kind of okay. We need to go from New York to Charlotte. Let's drive through D.C. We have to stop for the night anyway. Yeah, I've yeah. never really seen the sights in D.C. Yeah. So on Sun was that Sunday? Sunday. Yeah, we took we took, we took flat bill to like the Washington Monument and oh, the Lincoln yeah. Memorial and the White House, and that was really cool. For yeah. like, it was like a two-hour little quick yep. adventure, but it was. But we'll remember those two hours better than our 19 hours drive from Fort Lauderdale to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you should have stopped by Summit Point, not very far from there. You ever yeah, race there? I, I've never raced there, but I've done testing there. Yeah, the I raced there. That's a Jack Baldwin story. We were racing IMSA race there, and uh, Jack Baldwin. Let me think. You go up the front straight, turn one, two, and there's a left-hander there. And this is another thing that it's amazing is the lack of safety back in those days, yeah. right? So he went off the track. He got into a Porsche. Went off. He was passing the guy. The guy clipped him. He went off the track, hit the dirt bank, turned over, and went into the woods, right? So all these like little poplar trees folded down, slid in. The poplar trees came back up. So the corner worker says he's off in the woods. You know, we were under the yellow. I'm looking. They're saying Jack went off in the woods. They can't find the car because, <laughs> you know, the crap. trees pop back yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. He so was in there. In They're that. pretty soon there's some smoke and fire. You know, yeah. Jack had crawled out. He had mud all packed in him and everything. You know, but <laughs> it was like, it was like, but, you know, I remember racing at Mossport. You go over the hill, down. Yeah. Two, two, two. yeah. There was people standing on, like, a chicken wire fence there. Yeah. You yeah. get off, you're going to run right through them. Yeah. 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 The good I mean, old days. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they were good or not. <laughs> I always look at that now. If you blasted through there, lost a tire or something, you wiped yeah. out 50 people. Oh, God. In 88, Tommy and I got in Chevrolet, and we were going to race there. And so we went there, and he gave us two Corvettes. He drove us out there, out in the middle of nowhere back then, <laughs> unlocked the gate. Here's two Corvettes, and he locked the gate, and we were in there. And he said, I'll be back this afternoon. And it starts raining. <laughs> So Kendall and I are two Corvettes. There's no ambulance. Nobody even knows we're there. Right. And we blasted around all day long in these two Corvettes <laughs> in the rain. And we learned the track. It was so cool. Yeah. We were like sliding around. That would never, yeah, there's no ever happen today. today. Yeah. <laughs> you, I got a Paul Newman story guys will love. I have I have a picture of the, in, in 95 when we ran him at the 24-hour and one with Tommy yes. and Mark. And, yeah. and, and Nobody's full Mustang? Yeah. yeah. He signed that for me. And I cool. had it in my office at Roush in Michigan for a long time, and now yeah. I, I still have it. It's a cool picture. But So that, that year we're going to do this. This is how cool this guy is. I'm telling you, the coolest guy in the world. And um, so he, d he wants to do this 24-hour race. And uh, so Newman is like, okay, we're going to do this thing. We don't have a car. It's like December. We're thrashing in the shop trying to get this deal done. And... The guy, the president at Roush, he's like, hey, you know, Paul said he was going to send a check, and he hasn't sent a check. And, you know, I think it's kind of odd. And I said, you know, I think it's kind of odd, too. I haven't heard from him in a while. So I call him. I said, I'll call him. So we hang up, and it's like 8 o'clock at night. I'm still at the office. I call Paul. Hey, how's it going? I go, yeah, I haven't heard from you. You know, we could use a seat fitting. want you to come by. Well, you know, I don't know. You know, let me give you a call in a day or two or something. So I hang up the phone. I call Evan. I go, 
this ain't gonna happen, man. This guy is yeah, like all the signs are there. It, yeah. It's it's not happening, you know. So okay, well, well, tomorrow morning we'll make some phone calls and try to, you know. I'm mean, like, I'm building a car right now. We're like yeah. spending money like We're doing sailors <laughs> right now, you know. So about half hour later, Paul calls me back. Hey, hey, he goes. Hey, Joanne was sitting on my lap, and she doesn't know I'm doing the race yet. So I, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> oh, God. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, coolest guy in the world, man. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he yeah. definitely was. Still not in charge. I like that. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. It's 70 years old. Yeah. He hadn't yeah, up enough to tell us, right. hey, I'm going to go race in 24 hours. <laughs> and we won. Cool. Well, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm rambling. So. Yeah, it's no, all good. Thanks for the time. That's yeah, huge. thank you. This is, this was a, I didn't know what to expect, and, and I'll be honest with you. I was like, man, what am I doing? I, don't, <laughs> I probably shouldn't be doing this. And somehow Sherry and, and Amy got this thing going, and I'm like, okay. And then yesterday I'm like, I don't have time for this, but I'm really glad I came. You, know? so you, you still did it. I wouldn't blow I you off. Did. I mean, I, but um, I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm a big fan now. I'll watch the, you know, listen to them. Listen. And, you guys need to get a TV show. <laughs> That's uh, well. When we, when we go for the first round of funding, we'll be yeah. sure to call Ganassi and see. Well, <laughs> no, it's not Ganassi. It's like we got to find somebody for you. you know? <laughs> uh, we're I all like in. Uh, we're all we'll in. We'll give you a commission. Um, but yeah, in the no, meet, in the meantime, yeah. Continental's got the check. So we could get you to say your one word on video for the intro video. Um, it'll just basically be like a a bunch of different racers going, you know, reflective. Or what was Landon's word? Oh, never again. Yeah. Never again. <laughs> yeah, never again. Um, Tommy Kendall's word was free because we pick up the tap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Free meal. That's, that is Tommy Kendall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a story about that, too. Yes, Kendall. you do. He, uh, a great friend of mine and his and the uh, president, now he's an owner of Roush Industries. We went to Key West fishing. So Kendall, he always he had the arms like this. Uh, T-Rex uh, arms? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my buddy Andy, he finds his credit card. He, Kendall loses it somehow, so he picks it up. So we go fishing that day. We bring the fish to the restaurant. They cook it. We go to the, before we go to the dinner, we go into the, the, the store, and Andy's like, I think we all have shirts. To, you know, got to look good. Look yeah. good for the, you know, so we bought shirts and hats and, <laughs> And we, we go to dinner, and it's like, uh, you know, let's get let's start off with champagne. And then we have the <laughs> great bottle of wine, the fish, let's dessert, you know. And Kendall's going, man. And, yes. and so then the bill comes. Signs the bill, and it gives Kendall the receipt. Kendall, and here's your credit card you lost today. You know, it's like, oh, man, he was, like, out of his mind. <laughs> Tommy Kendall, man, great, great, great guy. Great kid. Uh, There's a guy that's done a lot. Yeah. It, he was know. a hero of mine growing up. I so. was his best man. Both my kids were in his wedding. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. It was, he's been a, his dad, him, his whole family. It was so much fun to go to that because the whole family was there. And yeah. His mom. And yeah. Great guy. Yeah. He, 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 we have a Tommy Kendall story, and I think you would like it and appreciate us telling you. He agreed to be on the show. Sean's worked with him in the past on different projects, and I've raced against him a few times. Like, he did some historic stuff a few years ago. Yep. And so uh, he agrees to be on season one, and he's like, yeah, I'd love to. Sounds good. I'm going to be in New, New Smyrna, Smyrna Beach yep. on he's this date. And there. we're like, great. We're going to be coming through Florida. We're going to go get the Wayne Taylor kids. 
you know, it'll be this one trip. And he's like, awesome, I'll be there. So at the last second, he gets something that keeps him in L.A. for business or whatever. So he can't make it to New Smyrna Beach when he thought he could. And so he takes a flight from L.A. to New Smyrna Beach, shows up. He drives up to the restaurant we're at. He's in like a crappy Nissan Altima rental car. And I was like, no, you should be driving like a Jeep or something cool. You're Tommy Kendall, you know. You have the chicken car. Like, you know. So I'm like, "Uh, is that a rental? And he said, yeah. We're like, oh, okay. So then we thought, well, maybe just he's here for a couple days or something. We finished the episode. He turns to us. He's like, hey, can I borrow an iPhone charger? I left mine at home. And we're like, yeah, sure. So Sean's kind of dealing with him. I say goodbye, and I go load the van, and, and, and we go to leave. And Sean walks up, and he's got this perplexed look on his face. And I was like, what's up? He's like, Tommy couldn't be here when he thought he could. So he scheduled a flight, flew himself from L.A., to New Smyrna Beach, had lunch with us, went back to the airport, flew back to L.A. on his dime yeah, because he committed to us and yeah. said he was going to be there. Yeah. And we could not believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and didn't call any attention. Like, we only knew because he lost his charger. Yeah. He would have otherwise never told us that he did it. Yeah. yeah. And so. we just couldn't believe how stand-up yeah. of a guy that is for he our is. unheard-of podcast at the time and still not uh, doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is purely for fun. But he went out of his way to do that for us. And it was like we had other guests, not to be named, that couldn't give us a half an hour, and they are nowhere near a legendary status yeah. of any sort. Yeah. And it was and it was like, okay, this guy can't figure out how to schedule a dinner. This guy flew from California for us. Yeah. That that blew yeah. our minds. No. Like, you, you look at Tommy and what he, where he started. Because, I mean, I, I knew him before he started racing, you know, and, and – uh, and where he is today and what he's gone through. And he's an awesome guy, awesome, awesome guy. I'm finished. Wow, that was such a great episode. That guest really knew how to tell a story. Well, good, Ryan. I'm glad that you enjoyed that Max Jones on your podcast. You're welcome, Sean. I'm right here. All right, thank you to Max Jones for giving us his time. This is not his kind of thing, as he said several times, and yet he still sat down with us for a solid couple hours and just was super cool about it. Speaking of Ryan and his podcast, uh, if you listen to the Marshall Pruitt podcast, uh, he gave Ryan something, an opportunity that we haven't done on this podcast, which has given him a chance to just talk about himself for an hour. Uh, but in that, he talks about a uh, band that he spends a lot of time with back in 2006. Uh, that is none other than Richard Sherfy and All God's Children. Cool group out of sort of his, his neck of the woods. Here's a song of theirs to lead us out called Caroline. 